views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. And good morning, America. Thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour on WNRI.com, Smoking 99.9 FM, and 1380 AM on a dial since 1954. First part of our show, before we start interviewing, an author, Katie Mahan, the Miracle Collectors, first part of the show, is going to be sponsored by the Authors Association of Rhode Island. Over 300 members strong. Uh, reminder now, the dues are are being called for right now, the first part of the year to re-up. And uh, even though we're having virtual meetings and other events like that, the overheads are still there and also getting ready for our next expo in December, the first week of Saturday in uh, December, the funds and stuff for that, to keep everything going afloat. So just a reminder to uh, re-up on the Association of Rhode Island Authors. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozen of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advanced notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. And submissions are now open right now, the period for uh, 2021 Association of Rhode Island Authors Anthology. And this year's theme is Green. Anything that uh, steers up your emotions and your writing abilities on green, whether inexperienced, your lawn, money, anything in green. And then uh, send it in to Martha in our uh, discreet panel. Uh, we'll screen them and see if it's appropriate for our 2021 anthology. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Group 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle. Gluten-free products. Over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks. Help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, Batlean's Organic Oils, Food for Life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. 
Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer friendly hours are Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Harvest Moon Health Foods. Net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. AuthorsHourBookstore.com. New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closed-out book. Again, it's the new AuthorsHourBookstore.com. If you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WNRI at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. And today, Jason Morse turns 47. Jimmy Nearbon, former classmate from his wife Donna, a big happy birthday and enjoy your retirement. Uh, Brad Holly from Fielddale, Virginia, listens every week on, uh, let me see, TuneIn Radio, turns 33 today. Ryan Rule from Coldwater, Michigan, from his wife Courtney K. Ryan Rule, happy birthday to everyone from the Author's Hour. Our first guest on the line right now, uh, debuting a book that we, uh, will be available in March. I got my hands on the very first advanced copy, and it says right on my cover, coming in March of 2021. This is a sequel follow-up book on miracles and health and wellness by co-authors Joanne Louise Hill and Katie Mahan. And there was no way we could do uh, two other lines coming into one for the splicing. So uh, Katie Mahan is elected to do her part of the interview on the Miracle Collectors, uncovering stories of wonder, joy, and mystery. Uh, Katie became a miracle expert the hard way. At 19, she walked away from serial killer Ted Bundy with the help of a stranger who appeared seemingly out of nowhere. Mahan has a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology from Santa Clara University and spent nearly 20 years in banking before staying home with her two daughters. A transplant from San Francisco, Mahan now lives in New York City with her husband and Joyce chasing more than miracles with her three grandchildren. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Wayne. Thank you for having me on the show. Unbelievable. We're debuting a book before it's available, but I did see it on Amazon for pre-orders. Now, this is a sequel for you? This is um, the, the first book we came out 10 years ago called The Miracle Chase, and it was the story of three friends, uh, Joan and I being two of them. And this second book is really the result of the first book because when we published um, the first book, it was really about these three extraordinary stories that we learned each of us had. And we wondered, are they miracles? What does that word really mean? And so we went on this journey to see what 
scientists, philosophers, various faith traditions had to say on the topic. And as we traveled around the country for this first book, we started every talk by telling our stories. And this unexpected, amazing thing happened in that people came out of the woodwork to share stories with us. And so we realized we had become the story keepers. And The Miracle Collectors, our new book, which comes out on Tuesday, a week from today, uh, The Miracle Collectors was born. And it's, it's really a book of possibilities. It invites the reader on a journey with us to look at life through, through fresh eyes, um, you know, maybe through a different lens in the company of these extraordinary stories that we collected. Now, the first part of the uh, book, I started reading it, and there was a comment in there that I went in the back of the book for reference. And you said that 81% of the American public believe in miracles. And then you had the little number one on top for your reference for that quote. So I went in the back, and the back of the book says that was a reference that uh, one of the Beatles, John Lennon, had said publicly. And you referenced it in that. So I like how you uh, back up and collaborate a lot of the statements in the book. And the biggest thing I have as a question on this particular book, how big was the edit? Did you have 800 stories? Oh, you know, we had a, the, all of the stories that we chose to put in the book originally are in the book. And there's about 50, a little over 50 stories in the book. So none of those stories were edited out. Um, we, Our publisher is an imprint of Hachette, which is one of the big five uh, publishing companies. And they did, uh, certainly did an edit of the original manuscript that we sent in. But it wasn't particularly substantial, I wouldn't say. You know, there weren't, there weren't um, consequential edits from that first round. Were they involved in your first book, and then you made a pitch, and was easier to get the big uh, one of the big five to work with you? No, they they actually weren't. Uh, the first book we sent out a cold query letter to. We didn't have an agent. We sent out a cold query letter to maybe nineteen or twenty publishers that would accept unsolicited manuscripts, and one of them picked us out of the slush pile. And, the, and, and it sort of went from there, which, frankly, is a miracle in itself that that first book got published. And then the second book, um, we had put together about a 65-page proposal, and we were just in the process of reaching out to agents to represent us and hope that they would represent us when a friend of mine who sort of knew the background and knew the first book said... Um, and had been in the publishing business for many years, very high up. Um, and she said, just just send the proposal over to me. And she read it, and she loved it, and she said, I know exactly where this need, this book needs to land. So and then not, she picked I'm up not, the phone and called her buddy at Hachette, and the rest is history. So we were really lucky, just really lucky that, that it worked that way. The networking and somebody knew somebody come and uh, play again, and it's so, so important. Uh, that I was reading an article the other day with digital printing and something like there was 900,000 books released on the market last year in all genres. It's, it should eclipse a million this year. And I think it's because people are so confined at home and that old indigent, everybody has a book. 
uh, right up in their brain. And now with digital printing and just-in-time supply and stuff like that, it's made it so much easier to uh, do it right from your home office. I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, everybody has a book, and the subtext of that is that everybody has a story. And that's what we found out when, you know, we shared our own stories, and that sharing stories is a way that we can find common ground with each other um, and learn how to listen better. It's, it's a wonderful tool to, to, you know, deepen our connection with each other. Now, the first story that I read in there was the, uh, the infant that fell out of the second story window on a cement pavement and stuff like that and then uh, survived. But somebody told you that that baby would survive and nobody could uh, collaborate who that someone was. And I've heard and read that in so many instances. Uh, one of our family members was going in for an operation and one of my deceased relatives met her in the hallway on the gurney going into the operation room and she swears she touched her shoulder and said, you're going to be okay. And she remembers that until this day. And it's just occurrence after occurrence. But the child that fell from the second story uh, grew up with one side effect of being blind and then learned Braille and got a Ph.D. and really made a total success of her life. Yes, absolutely. And you just um, demonstrated exactly what happens. What a wonderful story about your relative. And, you know, when you, when you read stories like this, it just reminds you of experiences maybe that you've had in your own life. In this particular case, it was actually a babysitter that shook a six-month-old baby so violently that the doctor said it was equal to having thrown her out of a window onto con- out of a second story window onto concrete wow. um, and that was our third author from the first book um, she did not collaborate with us in this second book although um, she did write the foreword which we were so grateful for and it's her daughter who grew up to thrive she graduated from Stanford with honors she went on to get her PhD in philosophy it's an incredible story because in the beginning they thought that it would be a miracle if she survived much less that she would survive and go on to lead a you know a normal life other than her her disability of of being completely blinded by the by the um i've always had a fantastic relationship with uh, my grandma baba who passed away at 98 and uh, I still think visits me every week with my birds and stuff like that. Her fascination with birds have always passed on to me and her love of Irish Gaelic music. And I'll give you just one other occurrence that happened to me because I am a believer of what this book is all about. You have to have an open mind and really open your eyes to your surroundings to see what's happening, to fully absorb this or even rationalizing it in your mind. But I was on the road and uh, I had, uh, you know, quite a few uh, pot stores around New England and uh, 47 Goodyear service centers. So I was on the road a lot and I was traveling on uh, 495, one of our major highways up here, and my Dodge Aspen. So that'll date the material what I was driving. And 
I saw a pickup truck, about three vehicles in front of me, with the ladders up on the top on the racks. And for some strange reason, the station that I was listening to on the radio completely changed their genre and played an Irish Gaelic song instead of the rock and roll that I was addicted to. And it caught my attention. And I actually, subconsciously, or whatever you want to call it, speeded my car up so I was close to the vehicle in front of me. And one of those ladders flew off the top of that truck and went over my car. Now, I'm dead serious. I know what happened. Somebody guided me to get closer to make a vacuum on that vehicle in front of me. So this ladder would go over me instead of coming through my windshield and I wouldn't be on the radio show today. I'm convinced of it. And uh, so many instances like that. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I mean, what a wonderful story. I think your grandmother was watching out for you. There's no question. Obviously, I'm a believer as well. And there's another story in the book that you would enjoy about a San Francisco window washer who was, this happened just a few years ago, and it was carried in the newspapers. He was on the 11th floor of a building when he was trying to latch himself back into his safety harness. And he, he missed or something went amiss, and he fell. He fell 11 stories. Meanwhile, a technician who was on his way to, um, you know, an appointment and kind of gotten waylaid and lost, and he lost his GPS for just a moment. So he had to slow down. He slowed down, and then he took the corner very slowly until he picked up the GPS again because he wasn't sure which direction he was supposed to go. And he ended up underneath that man as he fell in just such a way that the man missed the windshield, landed on the roof, did, you know, ended up you know, being fine, and the driver of the vehicle wasn't killed. Unbelievable. And the man was just saying, you know, all of the strange things that happened this morning that sort of put me in that position at that exact moment, he was sure it was a miracle. Well, I am a true believer of it. I mean, I'm not hesitant at all on it because of my personal life experiences. But I've got to say this, too. You have to have the frame of mind open to accept what you don't understand. I think that's, you know, sort of we put these stories in the miracle collectors in a way that does exactly that. The first third of the book is in a section that we call becoming aware because if you aren't aware of and 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 you know we might walk around in life thinking that we're of course we're aware of our surroundings but but we're actually not and we have something at the end of every chapter called take a miracle moment challenge that offers ways that you can you know sort of test yourself or change that and you know, one of the things that we're most excited about, I think, with the Miracle Collectors is that it's really a perfect book for right now, because this has obviously been a very tough year uh, with a lot of suffering for a lot of people, um, a lot of isolation, and just like the stories that we're telling right now, they're, they offer hope, and um, they're uplifting, and I think it's something that 
you know, people need to be reminded that, yes, there is calamity, but there's also beauty in the world if we just stop and, and look around us. Of the collections of all these interviews of you know, out-of-body experiences and stuff like this and really makes you wonder. Is there one that haunts you to this day? Um, there are so many wonderful stories in the book, Wayne. I would say, you know, I, I guess, I guess there's, there's really several, you know, I, I, one of my favorite stories, and I hate to say that there's a favorite, it's favorite because it's kind of a funny story. And uh, it's the story of a mom who came to one of our talks, and she was fairly high up in a male-dominated field. I'll just leave it at that. And she had three children under the age of five, and her work situation just wasn't sustainable. So... Um, she had she had thought about it. What was she going to do? She knew she couldn't work part-time. Nobody in that uh, company had ever done that, and she felt that she would lose her job, you know, if she even asked. So one weekend day, she was driving around doing errands with all three kids in the back, squawking and making noise and too many errands and too little time, and she literally said a prayer out loud. God, just tell me what to do. And right then, she looks up, on this L.A. freeway, and there is a sign for a brewery, a Mexican brewery, and there's this iconic picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is, um, for Catholics, that's the special devotion of the Blessed Mother um, in Mexico. And underneath, in big, in, a, in big letters, it said, Just Ask. And she went in on that Monday morning and asked to work part-time, and she's been working part-time ever since. Um, so she got the message. Unbelievable. She got the message and how it would be great if we all could have literal signs that told us what to do or, you know, how to find miracles in our life. But we, we certainly hope that our book, you know, goes down that path for people. And then there's also a part of the uh, population that has had an experience and they don't dare say anything because of ridicule or being accused of are you insane or what did you just say and they suppress it and keep it in and then it happens two or three other times and they've got to tell somebody they've got to confide in somebody what's going on and uh, I think there's a lot of that going on also on your interviews were a lot of them anonymous well, some of the stories in the book, we weren't able to go back and locate the individuals. Most of the stories we were, and we did go back and interview them. And so of all the stories in the book, there was only one where I know who the person is, and she asked that her story be anonymous. Yeah. Um, what we did was we just gave her a different name. But she asked that the story be anonymous. But you're, you're touching on a really important thing where these types of stories are concerned and with our first book we did a survey of our audience and asked them if they held a miracle story you know close close to the vest and didn't tell anyone and so why and pretty much everybody said the same thing yeah. which was that they thought people would think they were crazy yeah. 
or, you know, they were too religious or they were crazy or, you know, it couldn't possibly have happened. And as somebody who, you know, walked away from Ted Bundy and lived to tell about it, I assure you that it is a very hard thing to admit because you do think, oh, my gosh, nobody's going to believe me. You know, why would I tell this story to anybody? And I didn't for a very long time, with the exception of my mother. My dear Irish mother, which it sounds like, Wayne, you can relate to. And if you had something like this occur in your life, like most people do, uh, you're holding it in, holding it in, and afraid of ridicule and stuff like that. And then it'll come out in so many different ways, either with nature, uh, a lot of occurrences with butterflies, a lot of occurrence with birds. A lot of occurrence that I've known with authors that have talked to me, and I've interviewed many, many. And there's something about going down to the ocean and uh, uh, the repetition of the waves and stuff like that. Such a calming thing that clears the mind and opens up your mind to your surroundings even more to absorb it. And then you'll you'll actually notice the reoccurrences. It'll happen more than you can think, you know, because now you're open to it. And I think that's all part of it, too, that still has a lot of research to uh, do on that subject matter. I Yeah, I agree. I mean, we let, you know, we basically think that The Miracle Collectors is a book of possibilities because it invites the reader on this journey to look at life through, through a different lens or through fresh eyes. Um, and... You know, I think, you know, we talk a lot about nature, like you were just saying, that it's really available to all of us for the taking. And it's a place where miracles can be found for anyone. Are you working on the third book now? (laughs) We're not, although we continue to get stories. And so, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see how this, um, you know, we're excited about this book and we're really focusing on this book right now. But... Um, we certainly have it in us to do another book, and, and, and we love this journey. It's been a spiritual journey, and to, you know, go down this, this spiritual journey or this spiritual path with people who've been brave enough to tell us their stories and then share them, really, with the world is a wonderful, it's wonderful that we've been able to be conduits for this. We feel very grateful that this is, you know, this is our life now, you know, because this is certainly not the way we started out. And, you know, if somebody had told me 20 years ago I was going to be a miracle chaser or a miracle collector, I would have said that they were crazy. So the other um, thing we're very happy to be doing what we're doing. The other thing that's a possibility that keeps coming up in my mind is uh, with the advent of uh, all Netflix and all the cable uh, different opportunities we have. This is a possibility of a mini-series on this right now on History on Miracle Collectors starring Katie Mahomes and Joanne Louise Hill. And uh, that could be a possibility because some of these stories are really, really good and very descriptive. You did a good job on it. Oh, well, thank you, Wayne. And, yes, if Netflix comes knocking on the door, we'll definitely answer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for being part of the Author's Hour. And coming in March of 2021, The Miracle Collectors, uncovering stories of wonder, joy, and mystery. And it's a very entertaining read. Thank you, Wayne.
Thank you, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay, and you have tomorrow the best day of your life. All right, you too. That concludes the first part of our show. Paperback writer. Lovers Gourmet will be open about 10 o'clock this morning at our new location at 72 East Main Street, Webster, Mass. And Debbie's phone number up there is 508-949-6232. She's probably brewing the coffee right now. They have a Hogan Brothers coffee, which is also available by the pound. And fresh arrivals every day from Phyllis Bakery. Gourmet stuff, unbelievable. Cozy up this winter, flavored coffee and teas, homemade pastries by Phyllis, and chocolates. Bath salts, soaps, candles, essential oils, and of course, books at Book Lovers Gourmet. At 72 East Main Street in Webster, Massachusetts, uh, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5. And uh, call ahead for curbside pickup. And she also has limited uh, shopping in the store, all spaced out, and 1,500 square feet. So she can fit a few people in there with new arrivals every day. Uh, new books, used books, uh, really, really collectible books. I get a nice section that I take a peek at every month when I stop in at Book Lovers Gourmet, 508-949-6232. Now, if you are thinking right now of starting a new business, you got some stimulus money, or you've had competition that closed up in your area, and you've found a niche market that you'd like to start a new business, uh, 
you want to help out your five-year business plan by getting some good quality uh, freezers, two-door, three-door counters, retail shelving, all colors, all sizes. How about it needs a new floor? Pronto Lexello Flooring, at brand new at $1.50 a square foot. Three different colors, that and so much more. At Sherwood Brothers Liquidators Exchange, 219-802-3769. A nice loading platform to help you load up, or they can schedule a delivery right to your address. They're located in building number nine in the Tupperware Condo Mill Complex at the North Smithfield Blackstone side. You can see it right off St. Paul Street over the Blackstone River. Again, two-door, three-door coolers, freezers, every single size shelving. Uh, Just visualize what's in a Walgreens or a CVS that loses their lease and calls up John and says, John, clean us out. And uh, they have inventory closeout, overstocks, abandoned freight, discontinued products, uh, commercial coolers, freezers, stock liquidations, that and so much more. By calling John at Sherwood Brothers, 219-802-3769. And also, check it out on Facebook under Marketplace under Warehouse Liquidators. You'll see a lot of their items right there with nice quality pictures and the prices right there for you. And like a Harvest Moon will be open a little bit later today. And uh, you talk about customer service. We're going to be talking about poetry the second half of the show. But uh, one of our customers just came back from Florida and uh, took the 53-foot trailers, loaded it up with pots, and went down to New Smyrna. We're talking about Northeast Race Cars and Speed. Our pickup was shipped daily from Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair at 6 Hill Road in Harrisville by calling 401-710-9992. Also, 1-800-766-4748. Race car parts and supplier and custom fabrication, chassis setup. They'll square up your chassis for you. They have the trained mechanics and welders, Simpson, MSD Ignition, Wilwood, Moroso, and so much more. From a career-long racer, Mr. Shane Hopkins. And also, all the information, too, on the Fast Friday four divisions at Seekonk. Uh, he put in three years down there with the grandson, so he knows all of your parts needs on those divisions, too. And we'll see him all up there at the Thompson Icebreaker, our first part of April. Northeast Race Cars and Speed, 401-710-9992. We got a lot of events coming up, too. And... Uh, uh, we got some webinars coming up. We got some Zoom meetings coming up. And also, uh, Little General Stores has got some fantastic specials on right now. And I've got to stock up on that because that, they got their own Chuck Hamburg. That's the good stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Three ninety nine a pound. I get mine at one pound increments. Also, something for the crock pot or on top of the pellet stove. Shoulder roast at four ninety nine a pound. And Little General, something new. Spinach pies. There's one in your neighborhood. We talk about stimulus money and tax money. Uh, Beelu's Flowers up here is known for having the best quality Canadian wood pellets in the whole area. 
And the trailer was there the other day because I just went by it on the way in. And they're all ready to go. Take advantage of today's prices on that. And do you have 30 days to remove the product? Uh, you can take them out of 10 bags at a time. They'll load them up for you. And the good Canadian ones with low creosote buildup. Also, fresh produce if you can't wait for your garden. And Be Loose Flowers is a full florist with a fantastic gift shop. She'll match up the perfect uh, gift for you right in your budget. Limousine and transportation services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks. What else we got going? Oh, my got my caller right on the line right now. And, you know, the events that I went to the last two weekends, I've been attending a lot of fishing derbies around New England, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont. Uh, not Vermont, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, um, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. And the same commonality. There's always somebody that needs a jump start or they lock their keys in the car. Or they get the stimulus money and they just bought something that's unregistered and they want to get it home. Uh, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? No. You can, should be calling Larry's 24-Hour Towing. You can also schedule a Rhode Island State Vehicle Inspection by calling 401 568 6286. Also, used auto and truck sales, new arrivals daily. Uh, they uh, share the same property with Boroughville Motor Sales. They've been there since 1922. Peter, Jerry, John, Brian, and the rest of the ASE certified staff, including expert body work, and they'll work with all insurance companies right there on the premises. 401 568 6286. On the line right now, we have a repeat guest on the author's hours, one of the most respected poets in the area from Dudley, Massachusetts. And I saw what he posted on Facebook this week on an exciting new uh, piece of work that uh, he got inspired by the most popular thing on everybody's mind right now, the virus. How are you this morning, Bob? Morning, Wayne. Doing well. How about yourself? Fantastic. Thank you very much for taking the opportunity to call in the author's hour. I got uh, a memo last week, and I was wondering if you're going to be involved in it. Uh, I signed up to attend virtually the Northfield Authors and Artists Festival 2021, Honoring Nature. It's on February 27th and the 28th, starting each day at 11 o'clock via Zoom. Uh, Lisa McLaughlin's in charge of that. Are you going to be participating in that event? Yes, I am. I have um, I have three poems that are in the upcoming anthology, and um, I'll be reading those. They are, are uh, my publisher is Paul Richmond, yep. and he is uh, our Human Error Publishing, and we're doing the block uh, Sunday from four to five p.m. And we also have the uh, the launch on Saturday at five thirty, and that's like it's like a big Zoom party. A two-day event. I've got it, and I, I signed up for it as soon as I saw it. It really caught my eye. There's all kinds of, you know, artists and authors of, of books and poetry and all celebrating nature. It's just an incredible thing. You know, This is my, my fourth festival with Lise McLaughlin, and, uh, and she does it right. You know, she's wonderful. This is growing by leaps and bounds. It's part of our everyday uh, life now. The Zoom meetings and virtual uh, type of events that we're all attending on our computers right in the comfort of our own house. And I've got to give our listening audience a big tip right now. If you 
participating in these board meetings and stuff like this, if you are having a cold one or a martini, put in a regular coffee mug and everybody will think you're having a cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) You can fool them all. And and don't forget what's behind (laughs) you because they can see what's behind you all the time. You know, like the guy. That's right. That's right. And his shorts, and then stands up. And it's so funny, but you've got to visualize what they're seeing behind you. Now, also, exactly, we have talked a few times on the show on what I see as a phenomena happening throughout this country and probably the world in the explosion of popularity of poetry. And I've got to get you up to date on a thing. We have a member in our group called Orange Live, uh, DeMont Combs from New York. And he's a member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors. And if we ever get our lively literati back going again, he's he's very big part uh, working with Guy on that, with uh, scheduling the guests and stuff like that. But I, I started seeing a phenomenon around one of my favorite weekly shows in, when it's in the season, America's Got Talent. And in 2020... They had a first-time contestant actually make the cut, and his name was Brandon Leake from Stockton, California, and he kept going through round after round after round with different original work, and he ended up winning America's Got Talent, a million dollars, and a guaranteed Las Vegas show. And I said, boy, you cannot get bigger than that. Against all different categories. I, I remember you posted that. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And then at that's the, like, yeah, that's unheard of for poetry. And then we turn around, and after the very controversial election that really got everybody out there to vote, at the inauguration, I get introduced to Amanda Gorman at the inauguration for uh, President Biden, the hill we climb, and she had me in tears. It was so good. She blew me away. Absolutely. You know, there's only been three or four presidents that have had a poet at their inauguration. Yeah. So that's that also is, is telling you the times. But, you know, I, I have a little quote here um, from that, The Hill We Climb. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true, that even as we grieved, we grew, that even as we hurt, we hoped, that even as we tired, we tried. And I just, that, that just, you know, her, her whole presence was, was just amazing. Oh, but she, it's beautiful to, to see people reconnecting with poetry. She did it so well for a young girl. It, was, it, it just blew me away. And then I turn around. She's like, what, 20? <laughs> <laughs> she does the Super Bowl. Yep. She did the Super Bowl, a poet on the Super Bowl. You know, not Janet Jackson. Right? Nothing, nothing falling <laughs> out. Just poetry at the yeah. Super Bowl. And <laughs> then words. I guess this uh, other thing from uh, someone, a publicist, and said she cut a deal, and somebody's already scooped her up for a three-book deal, and they guaranteed her they would sell a million copies of anything she writes. Wow. That's amazing. If that is an explosion of poetry, nothing is. Yep. Yep, um, and it's just, it's, it's wonderful. You know, I think people, we, we talked about it before that, um, you know, people are slowing down, you know, there's a lot more introspection, spending time in nature, you know, and, and reconnecting with what's important, which is each other. Your group must be growing with a lot of new members now too. 
Which group is that, uh, Wayne? Your writing group the, and that one publisher that specializes in poetry. They must be really, oh, yeah, really so, filling yeah, up. Yeah, we, we had the, the open mic at Book Lovers. That's still on hold. But, um, yeah, everything else is, is growing. And a lot of people are, are coming out. They're trying, you know, they're trying to hand it poetry. You know, um, Paul is, you know, I know he signed some new poets. And, um, and this, you know, this festival coming up, this is international. I mean, there's people from all over the world. And it, it's just going to be really, really exciting. You know, people that are connecting on a, on a global level. And that's, you know, that's very healing. Go. That's the power of these Zoom meetings and these uh, uh, virtual meetings that we have. They're totally expandable. Uh, one of our sponsors on the outdoor scene is the Rhode Island Saltwater Anglers Association. And I was talking with their president, Steve Madeiras, last week. And I asked him, I said, do you think this will all evaporate when we get back to our monthly meetings? You know what he said to me? Hell No. He says our board meetings, right. he says they're going to insist on having a Zoom meeting because it's all elderly people and for the traveling, it's so much easier for them to do them from yep. their house. And he says we have pre-registered for our monthly meeting, which was uh, last night, over 300 people. He says we didn't get 300 people wow. when we had our live meetings before. He says it's growing every right, month. right. Yeah, people are, you know, they're able to connect like that. I do only one um, one live poetry thing. It's Victoria Station, uh, second Wednesday of the month. And we do a hybrid. There's only like, there's between, you know, five and eight of us that, that go there. We have a nice big room and we wear masks. But we also have, um, you know, other poets that can't make it uh, from either from further away. We have one from Vermont. Or, um, you know, people who are, don't want to go out, you know, that we, we, so we do it as a hybrid. You know, we're, we have a few people live and then we have other people that come in, uh, via Zoom. Yep. So it, it works great. Okay. Without further ado, this new one that you wrote and you put on Facebook the other day and you were relating, I don't know if it was one of your nature walks or with the virus, but it really moved me. And I hope you got a copy of that in front of you, unless you memorized it. I do. <laughs> well, you gave me a heads up, so thanks for that, way. Yeah, yeah, memorization's still a little ways off, but, um, yeah, I have it up, so. I would really, really Life. appreciate that being recited on the award-winning Author's Hour, which features poetry and every genre out there. Welcome aboard. And it's my pleasure. Mr. Perry, and you have the floor. Thank you very much, Wayne. This is, I, I waited almost a year. I mean, it's been almost a year that we've, we've been, um, you know, living with the virus. And uh, this actually suggested itself to me in a dream. And I woke up twice that night with this image. So it's called Still Life. Fruit bowl, oil on canvas, a still life of someone's table. Generations later, it is life captured in that moment. Still, life goes on when the world is frozen in a death-like grip. Still, life will find a way. Life still has a way of emerging from death, where breath is stilled and life is slowed, till all remains perfectly still. After the vaccine that slays the virus, and we have buried our own slain, one question remains. Will we still take life? For granted. Bravo. 
Well done. Thank you, Wayne. If I was you, I would submit that to all the different award uh, programs that are going on in 2021 for submissions right now. And also get in in as many anthologies as you can with that. Because I think you've got a, a rock star poem now. I really do. I actually did send that to um, uh, WordPress is doing a, uh, what is it called? Essential Voices Anthology. And it, it's about, you know, voices in COVID. So I did send that one out there. And I don't remember if I sent it to um, Worcester County Poetry Association, the Frank O'Hara Prize. I sent, I think so. So thank you, though. I, I really appreciate that. You know, I, I, you know, poetry is always, for me, it's always about connecting, um, you know, with other people and uh, in touching that place where we, you know, where, we, where we're all, you know, we all understand, you know, those universal uh, feelings, things that move us. You know, the thing I keep noticing on Facebook with yourself, myself, and a lot of people that are in the same mindset is the relation we have with nature. And I can't get that on my mind how relevant it is in every part of our life and the inspirations we have. And it's got to be a point in our life where we open up our mind to nature and what's around us and what we're capable of as human, you know, to just sit down and write something you didn't think you were capable of doing and it just automatically flows. You know, I, I think the connection is more than just between, you know, one another as humans. I mean, it, it's connection with, all, you know, all life on the planet. I think as, as we slow down and, and we begin to appreciate the things that we have, and we see our interconnectedness, you know, with the, with, with the trees and the, and the birds. And, and, it, and it just, you know, everything slows down and, and we realize how dependent we are on one another. Yeah, it's true. Now, your books are available at Book Lovers Gourmet at uh, 72 East Main Always. Street in Webster. Outside. And she has a section there just for local authors and poetry. I see her. She's got a, she's given you a real good spot in the store right in the middle. Uh, any other any other bookstores, uh, or do you have a website where you can retain more of the profits on the direct? Yep, I, I have. Um, it's Robert Eugene Perry dot myportfolio dot com, and um, that's it's like I've got actually all of the festivals. This, this will be my sixth festival, uh, so all those festivals are, are on there. There's links to buy my books on there. Um, and, uh, and you can connect with me and if you live far away, you can just send me a message and I can, I can send you a signed copy. Um, you know, and I, it's always so much fun. It's always so much fun being on your program. I was, I looked it up. Uh, this is the sixth time I've been on your program. Well, you're, is, you're welcome. Like yes. Amazing. Uh, since you've a, added since so April much of 2019. You've added so much to it. And like I said, uh, the emails that I'm getting from around the world on poetry are, are really staggering percentage-wise. You know, as far as children's books or novels or fiction, nonfiction, the poetry thing is really showing a spike on the emails and the popularity of the show. So I'm going to go with it because it's something I enjoy too. And it's also a learning curve for me and my audience too because I don't think there's anything around there. Uh, on the market today on radio that covers anything to do with poetry. 
So I'm going to key on that too, and hopefully it'll yeah, get I'm some. Yeah, not really sure. So you keep doing what you're doing, Wayne. <laughs> also, we all appreciate you. Also, to encourage uh, some more of the bookstores to come on as sponsors to keep this all possible, to keep it going, because it's an endless supply of material. You know what I'm receiving in the mail every day is it's staggering. You know, I had to stop the author's hour bookstore just to alleviate and get my room back. <laughs> you know, decide to start liquidating <laughs> some of the stuff. And there are no bad books. <laughs> I'm serious. There are no bad books. You know, everybody's got That's a different wonderful. interpretation of what they're writing. And uh, I appreciate each and every one of them. And I appreciate good local poetry. And you're right here from Dudley, Massachusetts. And perform locally and worldwide. Uh, virtually with your Zoom meetings and stuff like that, and it seems to be a growing part of the market. Mr. Perry, thank you very much, and keep writing, and uh, we'll be following you. Also, uh, check out Mr. Perry on Facebook, and he has a lot of information on that, too. Yes. Yeah, just Robert Eugene Perry. Just put that in there, and, and it'll come up. I have a, a couple different pages. No, have my Surrendering to the Path book. Having such yep. a long web page, you know, for key punching and stuff like that, if you could post that, you probably do now, have that on your Facebook where they can jump right onto yes. that link. Yep. That'll make it a lot easier yep. for people. All the, all the links are, you got it. Yep. The more simple you can make everything, the more hits you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Wade. I totally, right. I get it. You have yep. a, one of the best days so of your thank life. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for coming on the Author's Hour. Thanks, Wade. You too. Bye-bye. And I hope you enjoyed that new work that is really going to win some awards this year. Who else we got to talk about today? We've got, let me see. Oh, I got that tattoo on my left arm with the phone number. Let me see if my listening audience can remember who the business is by giving the phone number first. You can call them at 401-767-2922. Whose number was that I heard on WNRI? That's American Beauty Signworks phone number. I've got it tattooed on my left arm and my wife thinks I'm having an affair. They're an essential coronavirus small business and they are essential. And also a Vietnam veteran, Oscar Hancock, and uh, even dedicated a song to him Sunday on the show, an Irish Gaelic song. And uh, they are foaming at the mouth to get some retail customers to your store. And uh, Desiree down there, the juices are flowing. She's got that 60-inch screen. She'll show you a portfolio, just a partial portfolio of the, all the fantastic work they're capable of doing for you. Whether it's decals on the floor for six foot or a lawn sign that you can put in the snow that's readable. Or did you get the sign damage this year with all this wind and all these storms and stuff like that? Or some stimulus money? Or maybe you're doing that dreaded tax work right now and you're saying, geez, my Christmas selling season wasn't as good as last year, dear. You think we need some new signs? Well, the people only have five to ten seconds as they're driving by your establishment and to make that decision whether to pull in or not and see what you have on display. Well, American Beauty Sign Work can take all of that out for you. 
vehicle wraps, banners, truck lettering. Very popular thing right now is just the rear window of a cap on a pickup truck will do the advertising for you. It's not gaudy, but it works for you 24-7. Boat lettering, neon signs, restaurant digital signs inside your building, anything in signage. One commonality by doing business with American Beauty Signworks, any new sign has been put up in the last three to five years, has it right on the bottom of the sign, buy American Beauty Signworks. Because it works. They are the professionals at American Beauty Signworks. Now, I got to give Kurt some credit, too. He's been a helpful addition to Oscar. He carries his load down there. What a team they have at American Beauty Signworks. 401-766-2922. They're not open today, but they're open on the weekend. Green Dragon Comics, gifts, and collectibles. I'd like to thank our guest today, Mr. Perry, on poetry and also... Uh, Katie Mahan, The Miracle Collectors, available on Amazon, available March 1st. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Author's Hour. We'll be right back at you next Tuesday. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at Wayne WNRO. Please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber.